Welcome into the Claptrap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. Welcome into another episode of the Claptrap. We have the weekend recap episode. It's Monday. We're ready to start off the week strong. And it's going to be an interesting week. We have a big game for the New England Patriots on Thursday night football against the Buffalo Bills. And it's going to be a must win, if you ask me, which we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. We have the entire weekend of the NFL slate to go over, including a crazy Sunday night game. We had some crazy games within the division. Uh, You had the Thursday night stuff that I still haven't talked about yet that we're all going to break down. We also have the Bruins continuing to do their thing. Another big win against the Hurricanes coming from behind over the weekend. We'll talk about that. And I also have the Celtics just pulling off another beatdown of a win, even without Jason Tatum last night. So a lot of great things going on in the New England sports world. Uh, But unfortunately, the Patriots did lose on Thanksgiving. That was a tough way to finish off your Thanksgiving, a heartbreaking loss to the Vikings. But first, before we go over all that kind of stuff, I'm going to go over everything that happened in the NFL yesterday, which was uh, an interesting day overall. It felt like there was a lot of overtimes happening in yesterday's games. Uh, We had at least two or three of them throughout, including that game with the Buccaneers uh, against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, That one going into overtime after a crazy, ridiculous one-handed catch by Njoku uh, at the end of the game when the, the Bucs were up 17-10. to 10. So somehow the the Bucs blew a game to the Cleveland Browns that it seemed like they had in hand the majority of the time. So that one was an interesting one there. Obviously, as I had said before, the thing with the Bucs that's probably going to hold them back at the end of the day is probably the defense. It's probably going to be that. And you saw that in this one when Jacoby Brissett was able to walk down the field and then throw that big Uh, touchdown pass obviously a lot of run game involved for the Browns as well as always and it'll be interesting to see what the Browns can be now going forward as they're going to get Deshaun Watson back going into next week that is going to be a team to watch out for they're now at four and seven on the year they can still make some noise if they get going as you look into the NFL standings which I'm pulling up right in front of me right now uh, the wild card race is starting to heat up. I mean, you got the Bills, the Bengals, and the Jets all with at least seven wins, and then it's a crapshoot, kind of. You got the Patriots and Chargers with six wins, Colts, Jaguars, Raiders, and Browns all have four wins. So could one of those teams get hot and get it going? The Colts have been pretty hot recently since going back to Matt Ryan and firing their head coach. Uh, they they have a game tonight against the Pittsburgh Uh, Steelers that could turn things around for them. They could get to five wins on the season and be right back in this thing as well. Uh, Somehow the Raiders were able to pull off a win yesterday uh, with that crazy overtime running touchdown for Josh Jacobs. That guy's an absolute monster. That was another moment that was pretty crazy. 86 yards in overtime to put that one away for them. They're another interesting team that we'll have to face in a couple of weeks. The Patriots, that is. I'm excited to see that one uh, in particular. Josh McDaniels back against the Patriots or for the against the Patriots for the first time with this new team. You had the Miami Dolphins 
just absolutely destroying the Texans, or at least it seemed that way for the majority of the game. Then the Texans started getting kind of garbage touchdowns at the end, made it closer than it was. It was 30 to nothing, I believe, to start off the game. I'm just checking my math real quick. Yes, 30 to nothing. And then the Houston Texans proceeded to score 15 points in the second half to make it 30 to 15. Luckily, it didn't go over 47 points, which was my bet under 47 in that one. So uh, I felt good about that. But obviously, the Dolphins rolling. They didn't even need Tua in the second half. And Tua's starting to be, uh, you know, I've got to start to maybe eat my words a little bit more on him. I guess I didn't trust him in in uh, big game situations. Not that this one was a big game here, uh, but he has done everything that he needs to do. So as I said before, Going into the 49ers game, this was a game that I was looking forward to going forward. Did I say forward enough that time, that many times right there? Uh, but it is going to be a game to watch out for. Two teams with a ton of weapons, and we got to see what the quarterback play is going to look like in that one. So Tua and the Dolphins against the 49ers next week. Uh, we'll see how that goes. The other team in the division who also won their game, the Jets beat up on the Chicago Bears. Obviously, the Bears had no Justin Fields, so that was an interesting one for them. They basically had no weapons. They ended up losing Darnell Mooney in that one to an injury as well. So they had basically nothing going on but David Montgomery. And, uh, you know, that was an easy win for the Jets. Jets getting to 7-4. and four. Now they are holding on to their position in the wild card. And that is going to be a team to watch out for as well. Now that they figured things out, uh, that they got their brand new quarterback in Mr. Mike White who went for 315 yards passing on 22 completions. He was 22 of 28 throwing the ball, three touchdowns, no interceptions. The kid was on fire. Yes, it was only against the Bears, but he looked a hell of a lot better than Zach Wilson did in that game. So that the Jets seem to have a quarterback now, at least for, for the time being, that is going to play good uh, for them were better than what they were getting from Zach Wilson, who was seeing ghosts and not able to do anything against the New England Patriots. The Jets' schedule, they're going to have to play the Vikings on the road next and then the Bills on the road next. So two very tough games for the Jets coming up. Uh, we'll see how they're able to fare against the Vikings, which the Patriots just had to play and lost to. Okay, time for our first break. But when we come back, we'll keep talking about the weekend in the NFL and the rest of the weekend recap here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and continuing to talk about the NFL's weekend games. Let's get back to it. You had the Chargers pulling off a crazy win at the end of their game, a come-from-behind victory over the Cardinals, another team the Patriots have to play soon. And it was an interesting decision to go for two at the end of that game. I was surprised to see the Chargers were actually going for two in that one. You had had a game earlier uh, that was Jacksonville, the Jaguars against the Baltimore Ravens, and the and the Jaguars get all the way down at the very end of the game, and they end up going for two to try and win it. It makes a lot more sense to me in that position when you're a three and seven team facing off a seven and three team, and you're just trying to win a game. You have Doug Peterson, the coach there, trying to just win a game. And so he goes for it in that situation. It works out for the Jaguars, and they were able to beat the Baltimore Ravens, a team that I thought was possibly going to win the AFC. I'm starting to doubt things a little bit more when you're giving up 28 points to the Jacksonville Jaguars, regardless of how good Trevor Lawrence could be in that offense. Uh, 
But then you go to a game where it's char. I mean, yeah, Chargers against the Cardinals. Similar scenario. You come down at the very end of the game after they had scored 11 points in the second half to get it back to a close score, and you go for two at the end of it instead of playing for overtime. That one was a little more interesting to me because the Chargers are five and five. They are very much in the playoff hunt, obviously. And you're playing against a team in the Cardinals where. You know, they can make some big mistakes if you let them, kind of, especially with Kyler, though he has been playing a lot better with Hopkins, and now he got Hollywood Brown back in that game. It was an interesting roll of the dice, though. In that scenario, I thought the Chargers should have been trying to go to overtime and play that one out. It worked out. It worked out. But, man, if you don't get that play right there, what a bozo you look like, uh, you know, with the Chargers going that way and not being able to Staley not figuring out the correct call uh, to make when you have a team that's going to possibly be in the playoffs. But, hey, you made the call. It was ballsy. It worked out. And now you got yourself a win, and you're at 6-5 and five right there with the New England Patriots knocking on the door of the wild card. And it's going to be a big race to the finish. So a lot of crazy games happening. You also had things uh, like, like I said, that overtime game where it was the Raiders against the Seahawks. That was crazy, ending with the 86-yard rushing touchdown by Josh Jacobs. Nuts. Uh, you had the Philly against Green Bay game that happened last night, the Sunday night game. That one, 40 to 33. I mean, they had 47 points going into halftime between the two teams. It was 27 to 20 going into halftime. Absolutely crazy pace to start the whole thing off. Luckily, I had over 46 points in that game. So uh, kudos to me on that one. <laughs> Not that anybody cares, uh, but it was. A great game there. You had even Aaron Rodgers kind of getting back into things, but then he ended up having that injured rib, so he had to go out of the game. You have their other guy in love, uh, Jordan Love, come in, and he was able to throw for over 100 and a touchdown going 6 of 9, so they kind of got back into it late, but, man, that hurts. And Eagles squad, it seems like a juggernaut. I know that the Packers have been a weird team all year. The beginning of the year, we were all saying how great their defense was. And then it became an issue where it was like, ah, oh, they're not really showing up. They're getting hurt. All these kind of things. You got the Eagles who are just coming off of a loss that last week, finally losing their undefeated season. I'm sorry, that was two weeks before. And now they've rattled off two wins against a Colts team and now a Packers team where you think that, Maybe this Eagles team is as legit as it was uh, touted to be when it was a completely undefeated team, now sitting at 10-1. and one. Uh, I mean, the Eagles fans will always be Eagles fans. They were, you know, cheering for injuries and things like that last night. But you also had the Packers doing some scummy stuff with uh, just falling down onto the field. We're not going to get into that whole thing. It was a crazy weekend in football. Happy to see it. Happy to see the uh, the things were kind of, you know, not breaking the Patriots way. That is going to be a troubling thing, but there were some crazy games, some overtime games, some last second, big momentum swings, things like that. It was a fun day for football on a Sunday after having the three games on Thursday that were also great games. You love to see that in the NFL. So speaking of those Thursday night or Thursday games, you had the Buffalo Bills playing against the Lions that was an interesting one there where the Lions actually started to come back in that one towards the end. And the, the actually the Bills had to kind of hold them off to get their victory. So, I mean, I mean, you didn't really have any thoughts that the Lions would actually win that game or that the Bills would lose it. But 
it was interesting to see that they were able to score well. Detroit was able to score well against them. They do have a decent enough offense. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is an insane wide receiver. And when Jared Goff is actually hitting people, then that's going to be a good offense right there in the Lions. Uh, I mean, they got two good running backs and uh, a, a solid overall offense. Their defense, absolute sieve. So that makes sense as to why they're giving up so many points and why their record is 4-7 and seven on the year. But Buffalo able to pull off their win, bringing them to 8-3, and three, keeping them firmly in that head wild card spot right behind those Miami Dolphins. And we'll see how things switch up there. I still think, obviously, the Bills are the best team in the division, and they will probably end up winning the division, especially with... Uh, as I said, the Dolphins having to face off against the Vikings and then those Bills right afterwards. That will be a huge game to see. Now the Bills obviously get the Patriots coming into us. Then they face the Jets. Then they face the Dolphins. So it's going to be a, a wild schedule for the AFC East going forward. And we're coming to a head with... Will the Patriots be able to make the playoffs? Time for our second break of the show, but when we come back, I'm going to talk all about the Patriots game on Thanksgiving and everything that they need to do going forward to make a playoff run. So keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of The Claptrap after this. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. Time to break down the Thanksgiving Patriots game and then get into some other things. Let's get back to it. They just faced off against a Vikings team that a lot of people were starting to think were maybe frauds after they had lost their previous matchup. They were another one of those top NFC teams that was holding on to a crazy record. And obviously they have a ton of weapons. You saw it yourself when watching that game, the heartbreaking loss at the end of Thanksgiving, Patriots against Vikings, Justin Jefferson going absolutely bananas. Thielen got a touchdown. They had, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook was doing not really that much, I don't think, but it was a, a pretty good overall offensive performance for those Vikings. 299 yards for Cousins, three touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, Dalvin Cook only had the 42 yards rushing, but he was also able to add another 14 receiving. Uh, that team is, they got a ton of weapons. The other one that I forgot about, TJ Hawkinson. How can you forget about him? He just They just got him at the trade deadline. He had that touchdown pass uh, or reception, I should say. And that team... Man, it just or that game, I should say, it was it was in your hands. It was in the grasp. They they could have won. And this was a game where the Patriots offense actually really showed up. And if you want to talk about how it's because the Vikings defensive style with their cover two, it's a lot easier for us to be able to work on. That's one thing. But what I really think happened, the Patriots and Mac Jones started hurrying up their decision-making process on offense. I've been complaining about this for weeks on end, months on end, the entire season almost, that Mac Jones, if the offensive line isn't going to be good, you need to get rid of the ball quicker. And I think that that's what he was doing in this one. That's why Bailey Zappi, the whole Bailey Zappi experiment, when he won those two games, he was just reading the first read, throw it to him or throw it away. Those are your options. You go quick. And that's how you get the ball out of your hand quickly. And it, you know, nullifies the fact that your offensive line is absolutely trash at times. Sometimes it can be a complete sieve. And I think that a big part of that is Mac Jones getting the ball out quickly. They were even showing it on the broadcast, how he had been going two seconds uh, to get the ball out or less than that. Uh, you know, quick, quick, hike the ball, one, two-step drop, throw it away. 
that kind of thing. That's what's going to work really good for this team on top of obviously the offensive game with the run, uh, the running game, which wasn't working that great. And this one, you didn't really run that much, but you were able to pass the ball. I mean, obviously, Devontae Parker had a great game, 80 yards receiving for him. Ramondre Stevenson was the pass catching back. Uh, for for the game, obviously, once to Damian Harris, that he's dealing with injuries as well. Back to Ramondre season, he had nine catches for seventy six yards in this one. You had Nelson Aguilar making some plays. Great job by him. Hunter Henry finally showing up. Could have had a possible second touchdown. Had one touchdown on three catches, sixty three yards. Happy to see him. That was another one I was getting upset about. You want to get Hunter Henry involved, especially when you get down to the red zone. He was such a weapon for this team last year. And then you go out and you're not even really using him. Uh, I just don't understand that. I get the blocking side of things. I get that. But if you're going to have Max start to throw it a little quicker, you're not going to need Henry to block because you don't have offensive linemen there. So I was happy to see that. He had that second touchdown that was called back. And we can argue that till the cows come home, but you just were on the wrong side of a call there. That's just how it goes. I know that's what we do. We argue, we complain about the refs and the calls and things like that. But sometimes you also just have to chalk it up to, you just have to make the plays at the end of the day. You just have to do what you can. And uh, yes, there were some missed calls, uh, penalty calls, some interesting ones there. You had obviously the kick return for a touchdown by the Minnesota Vikings, some interesting possibly missed calls there, but that happens on every one of these plays. There's always a holding on every play. There's always something crazy going on and it's kind of up to does the, the ref make the call or not, right? That's the human element of things. So we do have to remind ourselves that this happens on both sides of the field constantly throughout the season. Patriots get calls. Patriots don't get calls. Other teams get calls. Other teams don't get calls. That's how it goes. That's the NFL. So we do have to remember that, folks. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. Uh, you had a chance in this one, obviously. You started doing some horrible decision-making with your own penalties, and that goes back to the coaching. Little things like Miles Bryant with a crazy late hit that almost cost you a, a an extra touchdown late in the game. Luckily, you had the Josh Uche big sack that stopped that from happening. You had Pierre Strong uh, running into the kicker on a punt. That obviously ruined a lot of things. You had Trent Brown throwing himself out there for trying to do some cut blocks. He misses getting the quarterback sacked. All these types of uh, situations are just looking back on yourself. You got to compete and do the right thing. And the Patriot way has always been don't make mistakes, play, play as mistake free football as you can. Let the other team make the mistake. So we were obviously making mistakes in this one. You can't get to the point where you're only blaming the refs for calls or, or missed touchdown, whatever this, that his hand was under the ball, whatever you want to say. Also, by the way, on that Hunter Henry catch that they took away the touchdown, I want to say that even if he did catch the ball, he's probably down at the one-yard line. So it's not like that was a touchdown either way. I know you probably then are able to maybe run the ball in, but they, they that wasn't a touchdown even if he had caught the ball. So I don't know. This, this was a tough one for the Patriots. You see the offense doing good. Obviously, Mac Jones, his best game of the season, 382 yards with two pass touchdowns, no interceptions. He was 28 of 39, 
and he was on fire in this one. So happy to see Mac doing good, hoping he can build off this one. I didn't fit, have a good feeling going into this game. Obviously, the Vikings, like I said, have tons of weapons, and they're, they were at home. They were coming off of a loss, I believe, as well, right? They were coming off of, yes, they got absolutely smoked by the Cowboys 40-3 to right before that. Patriots were coming in, riding pretty high, coming off of a win against the Jets 10-3. to They're riding high. Uh, or the Patriots are riding high, the Vikings were were hungrier dogs, you were going to get that. And still the Patriots were able to get into that. And still they were able to cause chaos and almost come back and win that game. Time for another break. But when we come back, we'll continue breaking down the Patriots against Vikings game on Thanksgiving before we get into some other topics here on 90.7 WKKL. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're back and talking about the Patriots-Vikings game, the loss that they just had on Thanksgiving. Let's get back to it. It was a tough one overall, but at the end of the day, this one, the defense, I know, a tough team to go against, but we were talking about defense, defense, defense. Well, they gave up what? Uh, I mean, you take away the special teams penalty, they gave up 26 points in this one. So, you know, that's that's not going to do it. You got this team is always going to have to play the best defensive game possible to be able to be in these games. I don't care about how Mac Jones did in this one. This team needs its defense to hold teams to 21 points or less every single game. That's what it's got to be. You get three touchdowns, and I don't even want you to get to that point. But 21 points or less, we're in games. You know, more than that, now we're starting to get into a questionable spot where I don't know if we can handle things. So you're going to go into a Bills game now riding off of Mac's best performance offensively, and it's going to be a home game. Can he continue that against a Bills team that has been up and down on defense, having some injuries? I think Von Miller just got injured as well for the Bills. I'll have to look into that, but that'll be also interesting to see how their defense is holding up. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that Mac Jones will be able to take advantage of that situation. Von Miller expected out. Uh, for for week 13 and may return for week 14. So they're not going to have Von Miller against the Patriots most likely. And I think that they have some other guys that are also banged up as well in the safety area. So we'll see. We'll see what the Patriots are able to do. I have a better feeling going against this Bills team than I did going against the Vikings. That's how I'm feeling right now. I didn't feel good going into the Vikings. I didn't like how everybody was calling the Vikings frauds. Maybe they're frauds when you talk about them as a Super Bowl winning championship contender. Maybe they're frauds from that sense, but they are still a very good football team with a lot of weapons and they were playing at home after getting their asses kicked by the Cowboys. That's just how it went. In the NFL, you can read those kind of scripts and see that one team is going to be hungrier than the other, and they're going to have that advantage, especially at home. So I didn't feel good going into that one, but now the tables have turned. Now you're going into a game where the Bills are coming off of just barely beating the Lions. They're riding high off of that one, and the Patriots are coming off of a one where they just barely lost to the Vikings. You could have won that one. They're going to be hungry, obviously. Patriots are going to be the home team. So I'm going to feel a lot better going into this one. But then you also have Josh Allen and the Bills. I don't care if he's dealing with UCL, uh, you know, elbow injuries. Bills and Josh Allen want to beat the Patriots every single time they get on the field with them. It's extra added motivation for them. So that is going to be difficult as well. We'll see how things go. But I do. I honestly feel better 
going into that, into this Thursday night game than I did going into the game against the Vikings. Regardless of what that means for the outcome of the score, that's where I'm feeling going into it. And we'll see how things uh, can go. I, I mean, I, I I can't see how anyone feels good, good about going into it. No one should be confident, but I feel better than I did going into the Vikings game. I think that the Bills, uh, you know, they can be beaten by this Patriots squad. And it's not just from a weather thing. I think that we can get in there. The defense just has to show up. That's going to be the big part of things. The defense has to show up. If they don't, it's over. It's over. And, and then the season's over. Because if the Patriots lose to the Bills here and they go to 6-6 six and six, at that point, I just don't see a way for us to get back into things. I really don't. Because then you still have to go against the Cardinals and Raiders on the road back-to-back back after that. And I'm not going to tell you that I feel confident in either one of those ones yet until I see what they're able to do against the Bills. So, I, I mean, the Cardinals have looked a lot better with them getting their weapons back. Their defense is still interesting. The Raiders have looked like trash, and then they looked good last night or yesterday uh, in that one, obviously able to take care of business in overtime. You still have to play the, the Bengals and the Dolphins at home after that, and then there's one more game against the Bills. So, I don't know. I, I mean, it's a brutal last six games against majority playoff teams minus the, the Raiders. The rest of these teams are all playoff contention teams. I guess you could say the Cardinals as well. Um, but the rest of these teams are right there. And it's going to be a difficult battle for this Patriots squad. Uh, Cardinals 4-8. and eight. So, I mean, they're kind of still in it in their uh, conference as well. So, Cardinals and Raiders are the least talented teams you got to play. But you got to still play the Bengals, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Bills again. So, that's going to be... A gauntlet, a gauntlet test for this team overall. Break time again, but when we come back, we're going to switch up the topics to talking about the Boston Celtics. So keep it here on 90.7 WKKO for more of The Claptrap after this. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. We're about to switch up the topics from football to basketball. Here we go. All right, we had another team, obviously, uh, that was playing, and they played last night, and they played without their best player and still got a big win. That's the Boston Celtics, as you see behind me if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not yet watching on YouTube, search the Claptrap. You'll be able to find me uh, and watch this ugly mug talk all about these sports teams. But the Celtics looking great, obviously, beating a Wizards team that is just a 500-squad uh, and I don't understand how they still have Bradley Beal on that team. They really need to trade him and try and get assets while they still can. But that's a whole nother conversation. The Celtics able to take care of business against the Washington Wizards, 130 to 121. And like I said, they did not have Jason Tatum playing in this one. Now, the defense wasn't the best, obviously giving up 121 points. Not what you want to do, but the offense was on point. I mean, led by Jalen Brown, an insane 36-5-2 in the game on only 23 shots. The guy was on fire, but he actually wasn't shooting that great from three-point range, but he was able to do whatever he wanted all over the floor, it felt like. He had Hor Horford with 14. Derek White had 15. Marcus Smart had 14. The bench, you had Hauser with 12, uh, 14. You had Cornette with 12. And then you obviously have Brogdon doing his thing with 17, 6, and 4. I love Brogdon. I love Bro I love Malcolm Brogdon on this team. He just moves so smoothly. It's like butter. I can't believe how good this guy is 
And the fact that the Celtics were able to get a talent like this, once again, I go back to the point, this team is a finals caliber roster. It already was last year based off of what they were able to do at the end of the year and, and obviously going all the way to the finals. But adding Malcolm Brogdon to this team has made such a difference on how dominant they can be and how they can kind of take rest days for their players. I mean, like I said, they just scored 130 points without Jason Tatum. What I mean, that's that's a great thing to be able to do when you have guys like Brogdon, like I said, coming off the bench. Hauser's been crazy from three, another three for four performance from three-point rage from Hauser in this one last night. You got Cornette doing his thing as the big man off the bench. You got all the starters really contributing, minus Grant Williams, who didn't have the best game in this one last night. But otherwise, the rest of the team was really good uh, from that standpoint. Horford's doing his thing still. Only 25 points uh, minutes in that game, but did everything that he needed to with a 14-3-3 stat line. I mean, how can you go against that? So this Celtics team, man, oh, I, I they, excuse me, they have got to be creating such havoc for the rest of the the. Eastern Conference at this point. There's got to be teams. I mean, the Bucs, like I said before, are one of the only teams that I really am worried about at this point. The Bucs, the Cavs are another team, obviously, and they're starting to do a little bit better uh, than they were the last time that I talked about them. And their last 10, they're 5-5, five and five, but I think that they're on a little bit of a win streak right now. Yeah, they've won one, two, three, four, five out of their last six the Cavs has. So they've turned their things around it's the Cavs and the Bucks those two lineups are obviously going to be tough anytime you have to go against Giannis and if the Bucks have a tough a, a fully healthy roster that's going to be the the team to watch out for but man everybody's got to feel pretty confident right now but the Celtics team coming out of the east right it's just the Bucks and maybe the Cavs otherwise what are these other teams going to do? The Pacers, the Hawks, the 76ers, the Raptors, the Wizards, the Nets, the Heat. None of these teams are looking good. They all look like bums. And, yeah, some of them still got to get into the playoffs. They will. But, man, I, I, I are you afraid of any of them if you're a Celtics fan? I mean, at this point, even on the other side, on the Western Conference, what? You're going to be afraid of, I guess, the Suns maybe, but probably not. The Grizzlies, I still don't get worried about John Morant, though he's doing all these little dipsy do underneath the basket, flip around and throw it up off the other side, kind of crazy plays. Great job by John Morant, really flashy, really fun. Derrick Rose 2.0, but I'm not afraid of that team overall. You got the one team that we would be afraid of is the Warriors, and they're at 11 and 10 right now, still trying to figure their things out. I'm not worried about them from uh, their season standpoint. I still think they'll get into the playoffs, obviously, and then from there it's anybody's game, and we know that they can turn things on, the Warriors. So that's a team to look out for. But otherwise, it feels like it's the Celtics league right now. Does that is anyone else feeling that way like I am? It feels like this is the Boston Celtics league right now. This is they are the most dominant of the teams in the entire league. That's just where we're at at this point. I love to see it. I love to hear it. All the rest of the parity in the league has made it so that the Celtics can kind of continue to grow their homegrown talent and add a few pieces, grab a Malcolm Brogdon type and bring him in. And they haven't even gotten Rob Williams back. We're about to get Rob Williams, who was arguably the defensive player of the year last year. And I, yes, it went to Marcus Smart, but only because Rob didn't play enough games. 
They are going to be even more dominant going forward. Al Horford can kind of take a step back and get back to resting his old bones on the bench or, or in a lesser role with Rob Williams back. Luke Cornett can help take over some of those lesser minutes for uh, Al Horford. This team is going to be able to get healthier and healthier as they go on because of the amount of depth that they have in this roster. It's going to be great. I love it. I can't I can't talk enough about it. I know that all the Celtics fans are just as happy. We got green goo coming out of us left and right. I should have got Matt back on here to get the green team going. But this is the Celtics league. They have everything going for them. All the momentum. They're 16-4, and four, best record in the league. And they haven't gotten Rob Williams back yet. They're defensive player of the year candidate. Yes, I know you got Marcus Smart. But seriously, Rob Williams. Defensive player of the year candidate should have won it last year. In my opinion, they still haven't had him play at all this year. And they're 16 and four. Let's be honest, people. This is their year to win. It's now becoming a point where it's going to look like a huge letdown if they don't make the finals. And we don't even care about Ime Udoka anymore. We just don't. You can't at this point. Uh, it's I'm pretty confident in my take that it's not going to matter. The players have turned it on. They're this good. They have this good of a lineup. And they haven't even had Rob Williams. Get out of here. They're making it to the finals. It's going to be uh, a crazy run. I'm excited for it. Obviously, a lot more basketball to play, but these guys are just winning games left and right. And when you can sit a guy like Jason Tatum and still put 130 points up on the board, I don't know. They're scary. They're scary. This is the Boston Celtics League, people. Let's get it going. We're taking one more break before we wrap up the show with some Bruins topics. So keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of The Claptrap after this. The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp. Time to wrap up the show with our final topics on the Boston Bruins. Let's get back to it. All right, we got one last team to talk about here to wrap up the Monday weekend recap show and that's the Bruins the Boston Bruins they came off a win on Friday in overtime against the Carolina Hurricanes they battled back from a 2-0 deficit to get it to overtime and they then able to put things away at the end what a game what a game what a goal by David Pasternak at the end on that power play they kept getting good power plays uh, it, at late in that game, you beat a Hurricanes team that is really solid at 10-6-5 right now. Always give the Bruins a, a problem. Uh, but those brand-new jerseys or the retro jerseys have been working good for this Bruins team. And they are now at 18-3 and on the year. They're 12-0 and to start off the year at home. Best they've ever done. Crazy start to the season. It's it's unbelievable what this team has been able to do so far, but now I'm a little worried. I'm not going to lie to you guys. That Omark injury, I know it's an upper body injury. We're not going to know about it, uh, what's going to bring, but Omark has been one of the driving forces of how good this team has been this season, and now I'm worried that he's going to be out for a little bit of time. So, yes, we have Jeremy Swayman that we can lean on here, but he has been up and down this year. So he's obviously going to have to step up. This team is going to have to step up in Omar's absence. I don't know how long he's going to be gone. I've been looking into it. They're questioning whether he'll be back soon or if it's going to take some time. And as we know with hockey, it's always going to be hard to get any kind of injury information out of any team, especially the Bruins. It's like pulling teeth. I can't find 
much on that one. So hopefully as this week goes on, maybe even later on today, we'll have more news about Olmark and his situation. Obviously the Bruins don't play again until tomorrow night where they face off once again against the Lightning, a team that they just beat in Tampa Bay 5-3. to Man, that's a beastly team. You then did go and unfortunately lose to the Panthers. Felt kind of like a letdown uh, game there. Swayman was in net. They gave up five goals, lose five to two in that one. You're feeling kind of down, but you bounce right back in that Carolina Hurricanes game. It really felt pretty bad, though, when you were in that Hurricanes game. You go down 2 nothing in the first period after just giving up five goals to the Panthers in the game before. Didn't look really good. Later on in the game, Olmark gets hurt, but the team still battles back. This team continues to fight, work for what they got, and they were able to get back in this one once again, bring it to overtime, and then bury their chance with Pasternak on that power play. So I was glad to see that one. I mean, you have Krejci, who's been going uh, nuts, had two goals in that one to get us back to that position, and then you had the Pasternak goal uh, in overtime to really win that one. So we're going to finish up, wrap up the month of November with the Lightning at home here, a month of November in which so far they've only lost two games. They lost to the Panthers on Wednesday. The last time they had lost before that was that Maple Leafs lost 2-1 to one at the end of a big road trip that they had early in the month back on the 5th. They lost to the Maple Leafs after that game where they came back and beat the Penguins in overtime. Then they came back and beat the Rangers right afterwards. And you had to go and face off against a Maple Leafs team in the third of that really tough road trip. You lose to the Maple Leafs. Understandable there. They go back on another crazy winning streak. You beat up against the the Lightning 5-3. to three. After going down early in that one as well, and then you go against the Panthers and you get your butts kicked. You did. But then to jump right back to coming back against the Hurricanes, this team doesn't quit. They keep going. They keep fighting. And it looks great. And I love it. But I'm honest. I'm being honest, people. I'm worried about this Olmark injury. I need it to be not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I want information. I want information right now. We're just not going to get that, I think. We're just not. They're just not going to give it to us. All right, that's all I had to say with that. I'm looking forward to the Lightning game on Tuesday. We'll see how that goes. We've also got USA Soccer coming up on Tuesday. I don't know if anyone's interested in that yet, but I'm starting to get a little more intrigued. I think if this USA men's soccer team just beats Iran, they get into the next stage, and then maybe it'll become interesting to me. I know, no disrespect, soccer people. I get it. It's a very big, important thing, but... I don't know. You got to show me a little something, Team USA, before you're going to get the interest up. This is like our uh, seventh or eighth favorite sport at this point in this country. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't don't get mad at me, soccer people. I'm sorry. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's show. Like I said, we'll be back again next or, or later on this week. I really appreciate everyone tuning in. As I said before, we are up on YouTube. Just search The Claptrap. You'll be able to find the channel, see everything going on with that. We have the gambling competition and everything with that on there. I post all the picks and everything going on. Also on Twitter and Instagram at The Claptrap, posting more content on there. Please give me a follow, a like, a listen, any of that kind of stuff would be really appreciated going forward. But as I said, I'll be back. Later on this week, we'll have a lot to talk about. We got to get ramped up for the Bills Patriots game on Thursday. We got Bruins to talk about, Celtics to talk about, 
Maybe we'll splash some Red Sox if they actually do anything and sign any players. Who knows? And Team USA Soccer as well. So should be a fun, packed week of football, of, of sports in general. I'm excited for it. You guys have a good rest of your week until I talk to you later. Have a good one. Keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of the Cape's Classic Alternative.